a little over four years ago, I enrolled in ADHD Rewired's coaching and accountability groups. It's an intensive 10-week-long program, but it was a life-changing experience. By the time I finished my 10-week coaching session, I had gotten so much out of the program that I decided to sign up to help as a peer mentor, and I did that several more times after that as well. I have no doubt that I would have ever started this podcast had I not gone through these groups and the ongoing support I get from the ADHD Rewired community. These groups are intensive, but I had reached a point where I knew something had to change in my life if I wanted to keep moving forward. Listening to this podcast is a great start for helping your ADHD, but to get the changes you want to see, you have to put in the work. I know for me, often I found that while I was willing to put in the work, I was choosing to do it in the hardest way possible. These groups help give you direction and make those steps a little bit easier. So if you're looking to grow and you're ready to add coaching, accountability, and community into how you hack your ADHD, I want to encourage you to check out ADHD Rewired's coaching and accountability groups. It's a 10-week program. They meet three times a week in small groups of 12, and then you'll also be meeting twice a week with your four-person accountability team. As well, you'll also check in with your accountability team a few times a day over chat. And now they're even offering evening groups, which absolutely wasn't a thing when I went through them. There's a bunch more information at their website, coachingrewired.com. You'll want to add your name to the interest list. These groups fill up every season, so if this sounds like something you might want to do, go ahead and go to coachingrewired.com. Registration for their fall season is going on now. They do have a pretty thorough registration process, and that's by design, so you do have to go through all that. And so make sure to add your name to the interest list at coachingrewired.com for the fall session, which is going on through September 29th and 30th through December 8th and 9th. That website again is coachingrewired.com. That's coachingrewired.com. Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. Today, we're going to be talking about emotions and emotional energy. So let's start off with what emotional energy actually is. And I'm going to be honest here, this isn't something that's cut and dry like physical energy. There are no emotional calories that we can track and measure. And while there is no scientific delineation of how to measure emotional energy, it's still something we all can feel. We're not robots. We know that when we're feeling those positive emotions, that sometimes we can barely contain the energy we're feeling. When we're seething with rage, it can feel like we're going to burst. When we're sad, it can feel like we want to melt into our beds and never be seen again. When we're overstressed, it can feel like if we don't do something, our skin is going to crawl off. But even the idea of attempting that first step still feels like too much. Our emotions play a big role in our energy levels throughout the day. Just because we don't have a good way to measure them doesn't mean we should write them off. And today we're going to be discussing how emotions play a role in our energy management, ways we can work on understanding our emotions better, and also ways we can work on restoring that emotional energy. If you'd like to follow along on the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com slash emotional energy. Hey team, I just wanted to let you all know that I'm taking some time off to think about the direction that I want to take Hacking Your ADHD into the future. We're coming up on the three-year mark of the show, and and I can't really believe the time has gone by this fast and the show's gotten this big. And I want to keep creating something that you're going to enjoy and that I enjoy making, so I want to make sure there's some intentionality behind my future content. 
And with that in mind, I also want your input on what would make the show even better for you. I've been playing around with some different ways of doing episodes recently, and I wanted to know what's working and what isn't. I've set up a survey for y'all so you can let me know what you think. So if you want some input on how this show goes in the future, please head over to hackingyouradhd.com slash survey and fill it out. I know everyone listening has ADHD, so I definitely made it short. That link again is hackingyouradhd.com slash survey. Thanks so much, and I appreciate each and every one of you. All right, keep on listening, and we can get a little emotional. All right, let's start off our discussion with how some of our different emotions might affect our energy levels. And it's easy to tell you're working your best when you're feeling that positive emotional energy. We've got these energizing emotions like joy, curiosity, love, anticipation. And we've got draining emotions like fear, sadness, anger, or even envy. You know, the whole idea of keeping up with the Joneses. But it's also a lot more complicated than that. Our emotions aren't simple. For example, let's think about if we're rage cleaning. We're getting a lot done. But we're also going to have some cost to this. We might yell at a spouse because they aren't helping. Or we might break some dishes in the sink. There's a cost to using that kind of energy. Or how about fear? We might be spurred into action because we're worried about something. But at the same time, I seldom make good decisions when I'm scared. I mean, think of everyone who was hoarding toilet paper at the beginning of the pandemic. They were scared, and they weren't thinking rationally. We can think of these negative emotions as our fight-or-flight emotions. And when we're in fight-or-flight, it makes it impossible to think clearly or logically. And even our positive emotions can have a negative impact. I mean, curiosity is a great way to spur yourself into action. But with ADHD, we're curious about almost everything, and so that curious energy often takes us in the wrong direction. Or take anticipation. We're excited for something to happen, and then we can't concentrate on what we need to be doing. So it's important to realize our emotions aren't going to be affecting us the same way every time. And our emotional energy often starts with our physical energy. Think about when you're tired or hungry. You're more likely to be in a sour mood. I mean, we have the term hangry for a reason. And sometimes we don't even realize that's the cause. I'll be in a grumpy mood all afternoon and not realize that it's only because I didn't actually eat lunch. Which is a reason I have started scheduling lunch in my calendar so I don't forget. However, at the same time, working on our emotional energy can make it easier for us to do things that build up our physical energy. I'm more likely to eat healthy foods when I'm in a good mood. I'm more likely to exercise when I'm feeling happy. And to be sure here, I'm more likely to feel happy if I'm exercising. Our emotions often strengthen what we are already doing. Basically, what I'm saying is that it's all connected and you can start wherever is easiest for you. There's no one set starting place for taking control of your emotional energy. Our first step in taking control of our emotional energy is building up our emotional intelligence. We want to understand how we feel and what's making us feel that way. And emotional intelligence is the ability to recognize and manage your emotions and the emotions of others. Although, in this case, we're going to be focusing just on ourselves for now. And this isn't trying to be happy all the time. One of the lessons I picked up from the movie Inside Out recently when I was watching with my kids is that it's okay to be sad. And I really loved that that was a message that my kids were getting. Because often we try to hide those negative emotions. It's okay to feel your emotions. We don't have complete control over how we're going to feel all the time, and it's more important to recognize how you're feeling rather than trying to control how you're feeling. So our key word here is observe. 
Picture yourself looking in on yourself. We're trying to build our self-awareness about our emotions here. What are you doing and how is it making you feel? And then also, how do you feel about those feelings? And so while we won't be happy all the time, the benefits of having those positive emotions are clear. And while we don't want to make it a goal to be happy all the time, we can also avoid some of those negative emotional triggers that are going to put us in bad moods. For me, that often means staying away from comment sections on websites. Sometimes I love seeing the discussions people have, but more often than not, I'm going to run into something that upsets me. And while I could snap off some reply to correct the injustice of being wrong on the internet, more likely than not, engaging with that kind of person is just going to cycle me further and further into being upset. And then I'm not going to be able to get any work done. And it'll take some work to get me out of that state. And an important point here is that we're also not just avoiding difficult topics. We're simply reframing this to be on our schedule. Maybe we have to have a difficult conversation. Well, we can set up a time that we can do that where it won't ruin the rest of our day. Maybe we want to stay up to date on the news, but I know reading the news recently has been fairly detrimental to my mental health. So I need to go into that knowing that I shouldn't be doing that before things where I don't want those negative emotions. So no news right before work. And definitely no news right before I'm going to bed. So the point here is to give yourself time to recover after your emotional draining activities. Work on identifying those things in your day that are going to be emotional drains. So as we're observing our emotions, we want to think about where do you feel good during your day and where are you feeling emotionally drained? And then on top of that, we also have to think about how we deal with stress. Having a little bit of stress is good. It can spur us into doing things. And we can think of stress that is gearing us up to do what we need to do. And at the same time, if we've got too much stress, we start shutting down. Maybe even going a little manic trying to complete everything. So we should also be looking at what's giving us the most stress in our life, how are we dealing with it, and how can we find a healthy level of stress so that we can still complete everything we need to do. And finally, we should look at the difference between numbing and self-care. When we're numbing, we're trying to not feel our emotions. If I try to hide from the bad things in my day with things like playing too many video games or binging Netflix, that's not actually self-care. And this can be tricky because numbing and self-care can often look the same. Let's say I'm having a glass of wine after dinner to unwind from the day. That could definitely be viewed as self-care, but it could also be a numbing activity where I'm just trying to ignore what's going on. Really, our delineation here has to come from how we feel after the activity. Am I going to feel better or am I going to feel worse? Sometimes I'm going to need a little distance from the problem, so playing some video games might help. We just want to make sure that what we're doing for self-care isn't actually detrimental to what we're trying to accomplish. All right, let's start taking a look at what we can do to build back up our emotional energy. One of the easiest things we can do is just taking slow, deep breaths. Exhaling slowly for five or six seconds induces relaxation and recovery and turns off that flight or spite response. So just breathe in through your nose, into your belly, hold it, and then slowly let it out. And this isn't just some mumbo jumbo, there's science behind this. When we slow down our breathing, we're affecting our parasympathetic nervous system. And as our body relaxes doing these deep breaths, our mind follows. And we can get the same effect from doing things like exercise. It's amazing how I can start off a run in a bad mood and come back and everything just seems to fit together better. Another idea for improving our emotional energy is just practicing gratitude. This can come from a gratitude journal where at the end of the day you write down a few things that you're grateful for or just expressing your appreciation to other people. 
It can be a handwritten note, an email, a call, a conversation. Just letting other people know that you appreciate them makes you feel better. And the more detailed and specific here, the better you are. And for those of you that have trouble figuring out the things you're grateful for, just think about the fact that you're listening to this podcast now. There are so many things that you can be grateful for just within that range. You can be grateful for the technology that's allowing you to do that. You can be grateful for your internet connection. And we can go down those gratitude rabbit holes deeper and deeper. Because if I think about how I got this water bottle on my desk, there are just so many levels. I can appreciate the person who designed it. I can appreciate the people that actually made it. I can appreciate the people that delivered it to me. I can appreciate that I have clean water that goes into it. I can appreciate that that clean water was delivered right to my house. So take some time to figure out what you're grateful for. Our emotional energy can also be built up through reflection and giving ourselves some time to think. Many of us don't actually have time where we just allow ourselves to think. I know most days I'm not without distractions. I've got a podcast I'm listening to. I've got someone I'm talking with. I've got music I'm listening to. I've got something I'm reading. But just having time to let your mind wander is a great way to recharge you. Just you and your brain. And I know it can be a little scary. But hey, this is also why some people have their best ideas in the shower. It's the only time where they don't have anything going on to distract themselves. And this doesn't mean that you just have to sit in an empty room with nothing to stimulate you. You can go for a walk with the specific goal of just letting your mind wander. Or you can do something like journaling. I often like to let my mind wander while I journal. Sometimes it can be hard to start, or I feel like because I'm writing something down on paper, it needs to have some sort of significance. But really, that's not the point here. We want to let ourselves feel our emotions here. Pick up your pen, describe what it feels like, write in your journal that you don't know what to say, and that it's frustrating because you just wish words would come, and then as you write, more words will come. Because our brain never stops. Often that's a frustrating feeling, but when we let all those thoughts out on the page, it lets us organize them and really reflect on how we're feeling and thinking. And as we do this, it really helps build up that understanding of how we're feeling. And the more we understand about how we're feeling and what our emotions are doing, the more we can harness that emotional energy and use it to do the things that we want to do. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. Before you go, though, let's do a quick rundown of today's top tips. One, our emotions play a big role in our energy management throughout the day. But emotions are complicated. While we can derive energy from both positive and negative emotions, we're better off using the energy from our positive emotions. The energy we draw off of emotions like fear or anger often comes with a price. Two, we want to build our emotional intelligence by trying to observe ourselves. Check in with yourself throughout the day and ask, what am I doing? And how is that making you feel? You can also go beyond that by asking, how you feel about the emotions you're feeling. 3. When scheduling your day, make sure you're giving yourself time to recover after emotionally draining activities. 4. If you need a quick fix to calm yourself down, try taking deep belly breaths. Deep breathing creates a physiological response that encourages your body to relax. As your body relaxes, your mind will follow. 5. Give yourself some time to let yourself think. With ADHD, we spend a lot of our day going from one distraction to the next. But when we let ourselves have the goal of just letting our minds wander, it can help us explore how we're feeling and recharge our emotional batteries. That's it. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. You can reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HackingYourADHD. Or you can connect with me over at HackingYourADHD.com contact. You can find the show notes page for this episode at hackingyouradhd.com slash emotional energy. 
If you're this far into the end of the show, you might also be interested in the other podcasts on the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. For in-depth interviews with fellow ADHDers and ADHD experts, check out ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers. If you're a parent with ADHD or have a child with ADHD, definitely check out Brendan Mahan's show, ADHD Essentials. I also do a live Q&A with Eric and Brendan every second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to register for the next one, just go to ADHDrewired.com slash events. And now for your moment of dad. Why can't you hear a pterodactyl go to the bathroom? Because the pee is silent. Thank <laughs> you.